from the twisted realm of science and the darkest pits of reason comes chilling tales of godlessness. Bear witness to the unfathomable terror that is The Good Atheist. Welcome to the GoodAtheist.net podcast. My name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Halloween. I know that it's over, but... It's uh, not super over. Yeah. The way Halloween works is... Uh, I think Halloween happened, what, it was a Monday? It yeah, was it was te- Monday, yeah. So, I mean, the big Halloween weekend is always the, the one closest to, but sometimes you have Halloween on like a Tuesday or a Wednesday, and therefore it creates this bridge where you have pre-Halloween weekend and post-Halloween weekend, and it's perfectly acceptable to party on, to rock on to Halloween. So on you're both. saying that there are some Saturday, like this coming weekend stragglers of Halloween that just said, I didn't really get my fill, I want one more crack at it? Yeah, there, there's really like a nine days surrounding Halloween where you can kind of do Halloween-y stuff. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, the origins of Halloween, where it comes from, so I think I can understand why, you know, it just can't be set to one date. So with that in mind, we'll bring you our late Halloween show, because we were busy actually having fun. Halloween fun. uh, Yeah, on Halloween. So, uh, unfortunately, that's why it's late. So, uh, what did you go as for Halloween? I went as Captain Picard. It seemed like the easiest thing to do. You already had one of those Star Trek shirts from a previous DJ persona that you had. I believe DJ Jean-Luc Picard was the name? DJ Jean-Luc with a a K-E. I remember trying to shave your head like that Picard, and uh, it was a nightmare. It was a fucking idea. Yeah, the Jean-Luc Picard is surprisingly difficult to uh, to master. That's the hardest part of that is is taking a virile young man and turning him in and trying to get him to look... Trying to get that, that gray back thing. The male pattern baldness well, that here, will eventually set in, but it's something that's very hard to fake. Well, here's the difficulty with it all, is that it looks like shit on 99% of the population, but on Jean-Luc Picard, he carried... What is that technically? Is it called like a eagle's... Uh, Oh, you're asking me the technical term now? For well, this? There, there's not a technical term. There's a nickname for it. I think it's called the like the eagle. Uh, I'd call it the eagle's nest. Yeah, because it's like that back thing, just like an eagle would have. Anyways, with Picard, it actually it is very commanding and mature, and as the ladies like to put it, sexy. Right, but I went as the nonsensical kind of young Picard who has zero hair, a la Shinzon kind of a thing. Anyways, it just seemed easier, so I shaved my head. I mean, I bicked that shit, uh, which, for the first time, I had never done that in my life, actually shaved my head, because I had a fear for it. I had and, you know, terrible acne for a long time. You, the, the skin on your head is not any different than the skin on your face, man. It was a minefield. was not ready to do that until uh, my 30s. Yeah. Now, it's pretty funny when I was actually helping you cut your hair. It's like you're rolling the razor over it, and I can see, like, red lines of irritation in the screen. The, the skin already start to go, like, start to bubble and boil, like, it's getting angry. Not <laughs> <laughs> Sensitive yes. does not describe your skin. It is reactive. You know what? You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing, ladies listening to this podcast. Not as sexy as he sounds. Okay? Definitely not. But luckily, this year, it calmed down enough for me to try to go for the Jean-Luc Picard. And after the insane burn, after the post-shave burn, my friend, that was just a nightmare. Oh, fire of a thousand suns on your head. And, it, and you don't know what to do. You can't touch it. 
You cannot touch it when it burns that bad when you run the water through it. Wow. I sh we, we don't have aftershave, and I should have definitely put all of it on my head if we had some. But uh, after that, it I, I have to say that it looked pretty badass. My Picard, I think I pull uh, I pull off a very good Picard. Although one thing that I did notice with me with without any hair whatsoever, with these ridiculously dark eyebrows, I get stared at like uncomfortably stared at with people who at first think that perhaps I'm wearing a mask or something. I don't know, but yeah, staring definitely lots of staring. Hmm, interesting. I don't think it's the good kind of staring. You know what I mean? Like someone say, "Hey, I'm finally getting attention now." You don't always want attention, my friend. Sometimes you just want to blend in, and that's not what bald Jake with crazy dark eyebrows does. He doesn't mm -hmm. blend into the population. Hmm. So what did you go as? Uh, a droog a from droog. Clockwork Orange. Yeah, if you're not familiar with that, what does the costume generally it's just, entail? It's just a, basically a white outfit with a jock strap over it and a bowler hat and some, some eyeliner. Where did you get the bowler hat, by the way? Uh, some goth shop out in Montreal. We ended up... On our way to uh, to a party that we'd been going to the week before, like walking through the goth district, which is like this area of Mont Royale, Royale, where there's like yeah. six goth shops all grouped together. They're quite impressively goth too. Like they they you oh, can super goth, no half-assing. Yeah. Did you see? Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember where I was. I think this was actually on Jean Talon. There's this place where you could get ridiculously authentic medieval clothing. You could just go out and just dress like you were a medieval lord. Yep. If you wanted to, or just have a whole suit of armor. You can go buy a suit of armor. My problem with all of those different places is that I can't wear their clothing. I, my belly is too rotund. Goth is goth is a is a skinny man's clothing style. Yeah. Uh, to a certain degree, so is medieval medieval wank. Unless you so. like giant black trench coats, then you can do the fat guy goth thing. But, but that's just sad. <laughs> maybe with medieval, I could do like I could wear medieval smithing clothing or something like that but that's really all i got yeah all my three you'd look like a peasant because i could do medieval i wouldn't mind goth or hippie but they're all just so restrictive based on my rotundness i would no i'd love you in those kind of ridiculous pantaloons twirly shoes and one of those crazy beret things so you're going more buccaneer no 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 no, no. it wasn't buccaneer that's still medieval times man it was very festive hmm. lots of pointy little things going on it's a very fruity time in medieval times you gotta say I'm like, it would have been great if they would have been so homophobic, honestly. Hmm. <laughs> so what else happened? We had some candy, Halloween candy, and some happened, didn't it? Oh, yeah, we didn't give any candy out to kids. This kind of this dovetails into your discussion that you wanted to have about the fact that just nobody seems to give out candy anymore. I don't know if it's just we were living on a street full of full of down dogs or just like people who just don't do nothing but i think there was like three or four houses on our entire street that were giving out candy yeah the ratio was not high but here's what i think i think there are fewer houses that are giving out candy but i think that each house is giving more candy away because it's now the the candy is crappier that you can give out <laughs> it's just the production of the at least all of the bagged candy for halloween i remember there used to actually be some good stuff like the chocolate bars that they gave the mini ones were much larger than they used to be mm. uh so the size of everything has changed so you give a lot of packaging to a kid when you give him candy that's what i learned it's just like mostly fluff your bag is full of plastic is what it is with tiny little chocolate nougats inside it's an eco disaster <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> 
Halloween? Are you kidding me? I mean, just in pumpkins, bro. What the fuck is that about? Could we have a more wasteful thing? I mean, I don't want to eat pumpkins, but let's grow some in our fields while people starve to death. What a great idea is a pumpkin. Yay. I mean, I like pumpkin pie, but you could probably make enough pumpkin pies for the whole world out of like five pumpkins. Pumpkin pie for all Africans. I mean, have you seen the size of pumpkins they make now? You can make one the size of a Buick. Four of those, and you make all of the world's pumpkin pie desire like recipes. The rest of it, you just fill it with chicken guts, and they won't even know the difference. <laughs> yeah, it's slightly wasteful. It is a little bit wasteful, but yeah, I, th I think I think there is a general. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a huge decline in terms of what it was last year, because I'm pretty sure last year too seemed not very well lit. I think it's our generation, you and I generation. That uh, doesn't want to do it. Doesn't want to do it. So there's, there's a significant amount of us that are just like, no. Maybe they don't like kids and they're very proud of it. Or maybe, maybe it's just that uh, I don't want to be bothered. To a certain degree, I think there's a bit of a cultural swing where we're interacting with other people's kids is no longer something that a lot of people really want to do. Like back in the day, it was about, you know, it takes a village to raise a child. Nowadays, now, it's, it's, now no, it takes now, a village to rape a child. That's how everybody feels. It's, yeah, it's just everybody in the village is out there to get your kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because when we were kids they had all those weird stories about a watch out check all the candy and everything else like that Ooh. the razor blades in the apple well, who's eating an apple an idiot who yes, deserves you... to die of razor blades <laughs> yeah. lesson number one kids kids in the kids back in the old days we didn't eat the apples because apples suck yeah you throw them at houses people who give you <laughs> apples that's what you do and if they're razor blades then it'll uh it'll stick in the door but, but nowadays, it just seems like it's more of a, you know, we feel like less of a community. We we feel like, uh, you know, lots of parents don't want don't want their kids really to be interacting with these strangers and interacting with the with the general neighborhood at large. It's a bit Sh weird. Well, yeah, but that's the yeah, vibe yeah, that you yeah. get. But here's the thing. I mean, if you were interacting with your neighbors more now, you would feel a bit of a need to give out candy because now the neighbors would know that you're the cheapskate. There used to be some pressure, at least. Now, you don't even know your neighbor's name for the most part. I don't. I don't fucking know any neighbors. And the only one neighbor that I do know, every time, every time I interact with him, it seems as though I make him super fucking nervous. I mean, one time when I say hello, he slammed a car door in his face. I, I think I that. make him nervous. I don't know why. <laughs> I just make him nervous. So I, I just don't know if interactions are are uh, are going that well on the neighbor scale. That's I don't want to deal with anybody, uh, anyways. Which is why I'm. I've never been the whole give out candy Halloween as a. But to be fair, as a child, I never wanted to go collect candy at Halloween. I was one of those rare children that actually felt that Halloween was fairly demeaning to me. I mean, the way I look at it is I'm perfectly okay with my non-participation in Halloween at the moment because I know when I do have kids, then I will start my, my house will once again give out when you have kids that go out to get candy it's a rule, you gotta give out candy yourself. So I'm just in between that that middle point where I'm just not gonna do it. So that's that's my uh, that's my, mix, my my big Scrooge Thing. Until until he's a family man, he says "fuck y'all" to all families. Pretty much, that's what I read in that. Now today on the show, we're going to be talking about something that a few of you may have already heard, but I guess it's important to mention it. Uh, it was an effort by uh, by some uh, evangelical Christians to rebrand Halloween, which 
they obviously feel is is very satanic. We've mentioned this in a few shows. Uh, there's lots of movies and videos out there uh, of evangelicals warning other evangelicals of the satanic roots of this holiday and how this is really the day where Satan is the strongest and, and so on and so forth, which... <laughs> When you think about actually the origins of Halloween is a bit of a funny thing, which we'll get into the second part. We'll talk about the origins and why it's actually quite funny that evangelicals are all like, It's Satan's Day! But uh, nevertheless, this attempt to try to rebrand it is called Jesusween. So no doubt you've probably uh, heard it on uh, various news programs because they, they managed to actually make the rounds uh, surprisingly enough. I, I actually think that Jesusween is way more popular than what we talked about in that that. 40 nights over America! America! <laughs> I think Jesus Ween is a lot more more popular. It's got more spread. But I, I know I followed the Jesus Ween Facebook page and like a couple million other people did too. But I don't know how many of those people are actually serious about it. I think many of them may have just done it more like me to see these hilarious status updates come up. Yeah, well, essentially, I was I was trolling the site right when the information about Jesus Wing came out, but there's a couple reasons why I didn't talk about it before. The first reason was that the website itself was so new that all of the pages were the same text. So that was a problem. Limited information, let's just say that. They, they, they hadn't, it was one month in, this was the beginning of October, and they still had no fucking information about who these people are, who's affiliated, or, you know, any of, no, none of the links worked. Even the donate link worked, didn't work for a while, although that's the first one to have gone up, I assure you. <laughs> but the rest of it was just essentially, if you wanted to find out anything about them, you were up shit's creek. All, and, and this is despite the fact that they just appeared on all of these news networks anywhere, which goes to show that it's, so long as you keep tugging that, you know, religious string, man, anyone can get fucking attention. Anyone. This is the, the interesting development, because I didn't used to realize it was like this. This is how I imagined if you were going to set up an event or, or do something, you had to be well prepared and well uh, well organized, and you'd release everything on a scheduled time, and you'd, you'd do everything right in order to maximize the appeal. But then we see this shit like Jesus Ween that just kind of happens. It just gets thrown out there. Someone does it. The idea resonates, people pick it up, and they throw it out. And even though the initial Jesus Ween people might be uh, completely disorganized and they don't have anything set up, Jesus Ween as a concept still caught fire. It, yeah, well, it, it, you're right when you said that resonated with people, because essentially the message that they were trying to say was like, all right, instead of handing candy, hand out Bibles or tracts or things like that. You know, the, the kitschy Jesus shit. Uh, and we're going to run through <clears throat> what they believe are the benefits of Jesus Ween. Because, again, they're looking at it from the perspective that they think that spirits and demons are real. And on this particular day, they may manifest themselves more so uh, with the help of an unwitting population that hands out candy on Satan Day. So to try to bring the focus back on Christ, because religious people can't help themselves. Everything has to be about Christ. Always about him. All things through Christ. All of them. Every <laughs> single one of them. <laughs> so yeah, they they had this idea that you know the the all the the combat the the fight between good and evil is uh, happens right here this is the this is the battlefront and you need to be armed and the way to do that the ammunition is babbles 
So they were handing out lots of Bibles. I've seen, I saw lots of pictures actually on uh, Reddit, uh, our atheism about, you know, with, with people saying like, oh, my baby brother was given this fucking Bible tract and shit like that. And it's some pretty bad stuff. Like, uh, you know, choose uh, Christ instead of Satan. Like just the scary Jack chick kind of stuff. Yeah. That's that's what they think is their loving message. They're like, I put a very loving message in your Halloween bag uh, that you're going to hell <laughs> for forever. Oh, I know your parents are there or going to be there or any anyone that you've loved essentially is is there now and will be there forever because you get one shot apparently. Yeah, it's over. One of the things that this made me think about is I kind of wanted to do an atheist. An atheistic version of this. Kids come into my house, they knock on my door. I'll still give them a bag with candy. Awesome kick-ass candy. Because step number one is them going, Oh, look at this. An entire motherfucking Snickers bar. Hills, yeah. Oh, what is this? A tract explaining to me why God isn't real. Oh, that would be so enjoyable. I'm sure yeah. there'd, be, uh, there'd be a bit of an uproar. But imagine if all atheists went out there and did that. Did basically what evangelicals do on a daily basis. Just kind of was like, here... Uh, check out this tract. It explains to you why evolution is that silver bullet that shoots God in the head. <laughs> I like the silver bullet thing. It's more, but it should have sounded more technical though, like the plutonium bullet or something. Something more sciencey, you know. Mm. Silver. It still sounds kind of like it, superstitious. It's, well, I know, but it's appropriate because God is superstitious too. So, Bam. that's true. That's true. You know, to some degree, this is going to be very tangenty, but to some degree. Uh, this 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 made me think about actually the the importance of gold in our society or in our world and and we think that the reason why gold is what it is today like the standard currency is because it's rare it's true that it is rare but there's lots of other metals that are more rare that we could have used the thing about gold though the reason why there's such an obsession with it um, at least to, to some degree in our society I wouldn't say all of it but to, to some large degree is because we are in entirely fascinated like medieval philosophers and, and and that kind of stuff were fascinated with gold because they thought that gold was essentially perfect a perfect metal able to be malleable in any form indestructible in a sense like whatever you did to gold it stayed gold and you could just rework it in any sense they thought that gold was perfection and a kind of and synonymous with god that god and uh, had manifested himself through this fucking metal mm. How many people have again died for that shiny little thing we, we believe is just perfection? You're just like, yeah, it's shiny, but otherwise it's very heavy. It's a good conductor, but it's really, really, really heavy. Oh, the conductor part is really important. I mean, as as time goes on, it just gets It'll more and more It'll be less, useful. no, no. Gold right. will be less important as a conductor as time goes on, especially okay, with the okay. invention maybe, of Maybe as time goes on from now moving forward, but we've already hit like our gold peak, man, putting, that, putting all that shit in motherboards and other computer components. The way that it's so malleable, you can hammer it so fucking thin, yet still have it superconduct. It is amazing. I know. I am I, totally it, down it, with it gold. Is, it, is a, it is kind of our... Obsession. I think it, the fact that it is yellow like the sun too did not help. Okay, but I think that there's been there's long been a uh, we we have associated attributes, religious attributes to this metal. I think we'll continue to do that for a very fucking long time. As long as there is religion, so too will we fucking well what we're uh, what, view gold uh, disproportionately uh, high. I would say. What are you gonna make your idol out of? <laughs> Yeah, not silver. Definitely not silver. 
Uh, let's go back to Jesus Wing because I want to. I want to talk about that was pretty tangent. That was a like, tangent. Was it, what, yeah. what, what popped gold into your head at that exact moment? I yeah, was yeah, watching a series actually. This is a. I, I recommend the series if you have Netflix. Watch uh, Terry Jones's Medieval Lives. Unbelievably good. It's. Uh, it's. I think it's eight episodes. It talks about the lives of medieval peasants, and it will make you think twice about your precepts. Uh, and and I want everyone out there who listens to the fucking show. To no longer use this whole, oh, you know, religion kept, uh, the, you know, people in the dark ages and, and that kind of stuff. I, you know what? I feel like to some degree that's a trope and it's not necessarily true. Like I said before, I mean, for a long time, everybody was obsessed with perfection, right? The science of the day, which was, you know, which, which was still controlled by the church then, felt that they could, if they understood nature, appreciate its perfection, therefore God when they started being in the way is when all of the evidence against perfection started to crop up and that's when they got nervous because their worldview was threatened by it but while they thought that their worldview was actually you know propped up by it they supported it so i, I don't want us to take this inaccurate historical view just because it's easy to say and everybody believes it even though it's wrong you know <laughs> anyways Watch the series and you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, let's go back to uh, Jesus Wing because I want to I want to mention some of the things that they have on on the site for uh, for Jesus Wing advertising exactly what they're about. You you won't uh, again. It's very hard. It's very difficult to get information because they've only just added their about us page and that kind of stuff. And you're maybe looking Consider at the paragraph. This is, this is like the first annual. You know what I mean? This is the first annual. But a thousand years from now, they will uh, they will ask, "What was the first Jesus Wing like? Disorganized and uh, the web page was subpar." <laughs> well, you know, I like the design. It's very clever design. It's just that it, it's obvious that there was no one there to actually put any content. Which I think is a hilarious tribute to exactly what Jesus Ween is. A, a glossy Christ uh, makeover with no substance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let's let's talk about their their benefits, okay? Because I, I think it's important to understand their frame of mind, you know? We could easily dismiss them, but if we don't understand their frame of mind, we, then, then we don't understand what we're fighting against. We don't understand what the enemy, how the enemy thinks, right? And this is what basically they believe the uh, the benefits are. They they think that Jesus is a loving friend of children, which is why this is a good opportunity at Halloween to make them aware of it. In the Bible, he allowed them to come to him and taught them in love and received them. No one in the Bible who was attached to God from childhood ever became a failure. So this is Moses, Samuel, David. Uh, Solomon, Jeremiah, John, and Jesus were men who dedicated themselves to demonstrating the love of God from childhood. All these men became great men who were busy from go uh, were busy for God from an early age, and therefore did not miss their way. So they're saying God had their hands in these children at the very fucking beginning, and that's why they're great men. Translation: Get them kids while they're young. Get them while they are fucking young. So those are the first benefit. They're like, well. You get them when they're young. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Doing the word of God. They believe this is a golden opportunity for any man or woman to demonstrate the character of Jesus. Remember, reaching people is God's number one business. His number one business. So forget about anything else that you're asking for. Like if you're saying, man, should, 
Should the number one business be taking care of his creation? No. It's kind of like when you... Spreading his word. It's kind of twisted because it's kind of like when you find out that that uh, cancer awareness thing spends more money on more cancer awareness than it does to actually curing cancer. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> Just a little bit fucked up that it would be it's his like, number <laughs> one business. I mean, it's not even saying compassion or togetherness is his business. No. Spreading the word. That's all they're really concerned for. Spread the word. Mm. That is it. That's all. It's a simple message. Believe in God or go to hell. <laughs> it's an important one, I suppose, if you believe in it. Well, usually it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's believe in God or die, but we're, we're lucky enough that uh, there's lots of other uh, For now, where, where most of us live, it's not quite so severe. It's not quite so severe. Uh, here's another advantage. It's a demonstration of faith. So whenever we stand to give our presence of God and his word out of care and love, we draw closer to God. It's time for Christians to live up to the name Jesus calls us, ambassadors of Christ, and demonstrate the faith and love of God to a dying world. Okay, I just want to focus on the last part here. Dying world. It's like this whole view that what we live in is a sick twisted dying hellhole that's just waiting to be annihilated to go to awesome place and you're just like fuck off with your whole dying world shit i am so sick of that whole yeah the world is dying uh we're all dying in the sense that we will eventually fade sure we are all moving towards heat death even the universe is gonna fucking die it's in a dying universe but we don't need to focus on that part and i mean anybody who does you're the most morose motherfucker on the planet keep in mind most of these people are also thinking that dying world thing is gonna happen in their lifetime always was, in their was, lifetime there was some creepy statistic i wish i knew the, the specifics of it because you know it's always great to be able to pull out startlingly accurate statistics during a show it makes me feel smart but if i'm if i'm really if i'm not lazy i may end up putting those statistics in the notes oh there we go there you go so check out those notes we're we're just the people who believe in the end times they think the rapture everything else like that is going to happen in their lifetime so it's it is the it's a kind of conceit that frightens me you know i don't mind if a person is a kind of egotistical conceit i'm the best because most of the time it doesn't fucking matter right like oh i'm the best everything i do is awesome i think i suffer from that conceit myself it's not the worst thing in the world but the worst thing in the fucking world that i in my opinion is a person whose conceit is the world's gonna end and I'm going to be around for it. What? What? Why do you even have children? Like, what's wrong with you? Especially now that we know that the world has been going on for, for so long. I mean, even even if you ignore, uh, you know, the scientific belief of, well, the scientific knowledge of how long the world's been around for, take, take into consideration what Christians think. I mean, Jesus was supposed to come back in uh, his followers' lifetime. That didn't happen. That was a while ago. That was a while ago. He's a little bit late. So. No show. But still, in our lifetime, man. He's going to make up for it with the mass slaughter, though. Mm -hmm. That was, that. that is what Revelations is. So, fuck the environment and fuck anything else long term like that. We need to worry about right now. We need to worry about Jesus coming back, taking us out with a flaming sword. This fucking second. The world needs to end. You know, I, I, I kind of want to also say that one of the things that's been bothering me is is our conceit as humans like there was there was a story recently about 
PETA, who I usually disagree about most things, but they were trying to make it so that um, killer whales could be, at least have some partial rights recognized enough so that they could stop being slaves to SeaWorld. And uh, SeaWorld is a kind of place that depresses me endlessly. I would like to see uh, the, the, these creatures not in a tiny pool where, where their fins flop because they don't even use it anymore. It's just the saddest thing in the world is a flop fin. Only to you, because yeah. you, you attribute it to, like, masculinity, don't you? No, you you just... see that floppy fin as, a, uh, as the equivalent of a impotent penis. Maybe not impotent. I, I wouldn't say in, in a sexual sense, but I would say that, for me, a fin represents the health of that species, right? A nice rigid fin means that it's swimming around, it's using its fin to navigate, it's living the life that it was designed to live. Not by a designer, mind you, but by the, by by the invisible hand of natural selection. Maybe that'll <laughs> maybe that will fucking ring to the conservatives. Anyways, uh, when it's floppy, it's just that uh, it, it is because they can't swim like they normally do. It's just it's it's kind of like what happens. And I feel like the domestication of the killer whale is just it, it's not it's not an advantageous thing for the whale. You know, dogs have it. Dogs have it nice. Cats have it good, okay? This is this is fair domestication. I don't think they want out, okay? They, they keep out. coming back to the house. They keep begging me for food. I think they want in, okay? But I think the killer whale, given a choice, and trust me, they can make choices. Like you and I, okay? They make choices all the fucking time. Seems uh, like probably we didn't ask them. Yeah, we just kind of tipped them and said, you're in a sea park now. I'll give you food, but you got to do exactly what I tell you to do. Not cool, but we we have we can't have that discussion. We have this human conceit saying no, no, this planet's ours, and tack onto that the people who think that the planet is theirs want it to see ended. And like, does the rest of life on this fucking planet get to have a tiny little vote and say maybe that's not cool? I mean, you guys are already killing us pretty quickly, but now you're just fantasizing about it. Now you want it to happen within the next ten years. Come on now. Well, the good thing is, uh, you know, end of times, as as predicted by the Christians, is completely bunk and ridiculous. So. Yeah, but they keep doing it. I mean, it's been going on since forever. I, I wish I could give you how long the list is, but essentially every few years since uh, since since the, their Messiah died, Christians have been trying to guess when he's going to come back. Mm. Come back always. and finish this all off. Yeah, I finish, mean, that, finish the job. That's the coolest thing about all this is because basically it, it adds that death cult aspect to this Jesus Ween thing. And you'd be surprised, actually, because I love you, you want to piss off a Christian. Call call them part of a death cult. And they, they hate it. They hate it. They or hate it. Or a blood it. cult. But you can find almost any uh, any of their doc in their, their literature, their documentation, their books, everything else. You're going to be like, look at this, 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 and this. You guys are a death cult. Sorry. <laughs> Creepy death call. Yep, you do you not have an entire book dedicated to the destruction of the world and all of uh, all heathens? Sorry, so like, death cult. And you know, all your theologians, uh, even your hardcore ones, like uh, like John Calvin, had problems with Revelation. John Calvin was a psycho. Okay, he had a problem with Revelation. Very uncomfortable with it, but hey, it's 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 canonical, so you can't question it. Well, that's the funny. So thing. somebody wrote it. Somebody high on PCP wrote that, and it's it, it's sacred now. And then some some upper people in the 
the church decided that it was going to get into the official Bible. It was so. just too crazy not to make it. I think that once you've embraced the ludicrous, why why can't you just tack on the the the, the insanity? Well, I mean, they they make it a point of pride. If you're a person of faith, you make it a point of pride of saying. I am a good person because I believe despite the evidence. In fact, the ridiculous is all the more reason to believe. If you're a C.S. Lewis believer, that's that's his whole thing. It's like, it is so ridiculous, you have to believe it. What the fuck? Yeah, that's that's what that is. Nice argument, buddy. Well, lame. Um, last, last thing on their list is... Uh, of of the bonus uh, of the benefits is the opportunity for promotion. This goes back to their whole, you know, going back to this. We are telling the world there is a better way, the giving way instead of the receiving way. After all, it's called trick or treat. We are not tricking anyone, but we are certainly treating them to the good life, the winning life with Christ. I gotta say, you're tricking them. I mean, they come to your house asking for candy, and first of all, this is what you give them. So you did start off with a trick. Whoops. Yeah. And and they're not really in for a treat. They're in for some nightmares. It, it really is a trick because, I mean, these are lies. So <laughs> These are filthy lies. Technically, they are tricks. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if these are also the same people who think that the Earth is 6,000 years old and will tell you any kind of lie to convince you that's true. That is also a trick. So you you people are devious. We don't want your Jesus Ween tank very much. And you know what? And this brings us to our, 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 our next topic, unless you have something else you want to mention about this Jesus that's, Ween. That's about it. The next part, which is essentially the, the fact that this is only one of, of yet another example of Christians trying to take holidays and commandeer them. Now, I'm kind of sick and fucking tired of it. Uh, we'll... Halloween itself, All Hallows' Eve, is really just essentially All Saints' Day and All Souls' Day, okay? This is a holiday that dates back, actually, to ancient Rome, where it was in May that they held this celebration, and it was uh, essentially to replace this Roman fest feast of Lemuria. And the Feast of Lemuria was essentially every year you would go in your house... And you would just do all these kinds of weird, superstitious things to get rid of your the spirit of, of your ancestors. The fucking people that probably died in your house, you know what I mean? You're supposed to bang pots and pans, yelling like, Ghosts of my fathers and ancestors, be gone! You throw some black beans over uh, your shoulder, and you're supposed to walk barefoot all day. These are some of the customs of this older tradition. And uh, once Christianity became kind of the official thing... Uh, essentially, that got a like, bit too pagan for them. That was, yeah, that was fucking way too pagan. I mean, it, essentially, the, the feast also was partially inspired by the the pagan story of Remus and Romulus. Okay, because these two brothers, it's, it, it's almost like the the story of of Cain and Abel again, said where one brother kills another brother over some fucking matter. In this case. Um, uh, Romulus kills Remus because Remus insults his fucking little wall that he builds to say this is a tower defense. So Remus jumps over and says, this wall ain't shit, bro. And then Romulus kills him. So because of this kind of bad blood, then, you know, sort of like the, 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 the Feast of Lemuria is, is a kind of way to appease the spirits of people who probably want revenge, you know. 
the spirit of your ancestors that are around, you're probably feeling some kind of guilt because odds are, I don't know, maybe you murdered your, your, your brother to, to have some kind of political power. Who knows? I don't know. The point is, they needed a day, like most cultures need a day, in which you're going to think about the dead. And so Christians decided that they wanted the dead to the, the or the dead people they wanted others to think about were saints. So that's what All Saints Day and All Souls Day is supposed to be. So the Saints Day, the first day, this is November 1st. Well, at least now it is the modern version, but before it was the I think it was May 15th. But the first day was all about the saints, the people who known or unknown died in order to spread this nonsense bullshit. So they're like, first you must celebrate these guys because that's your duty. Then the next day you're supposed to pray for all of the souls uh, who have similarly passed and, you know, who knows. Maybe didn't meet the deadline for when Jesus was going to show up and forgive everybody's sins, so maybe they're still in fucking hell because they were unlucky. Like, sorry, Plato. <laughs> Fuck you. You weren't born when Jesus was born. You're fucked. <laughs> but we can pray for you for one day and see what happens. Maybe I can talk to God. He can work a couple things out with Satan. Get you right up there. Who knows, though? No guarantees. <laughs> so, um, yes, this the, the first uh, the first holiday. So this is this is in May, and then later on, once they've once they were successful at being able to commandeer. Um, the, the, the Lemuria, once it was gone, once people stopped celebrating it, they've since switched it around. The reason why it's November of this year's, uh, as far as I can tell, is it actually goes back to um, the ancient Aztecs and the, the Mayans. When the Spaniards were around, there were two days. Um, they weren't in November, but because, again, this is a very long story, but they were, some, they were at some point in... Uh, in the in the given year, I have it in the notes. And essentially, what happened was that people would pray two days similarly for uh, the dead. The first day was where you prayed for children, and the second day is when you prayed for everybody else. Right. So you were honoring your ancestors or the, the spirits of people that had deceased, and it was their day to essentially celebrate the dead. Uh, because as far as they were concerned, the dead were to be honored rather than to be mourned. Like they thought, well, you pass on to the next life and that's a good thing. You know, it's, it's sort of you're coming back into the you're, you're giving back into the cycle of life. Uh, they kept like skulls around because they, they, they thought that these things were honorable. And those elements, uh, those macabre elements uh, are, are, par are the things that we start seeing in Halloween. Right. We start seeing the appropriation of these kinds of of symbols and part of it dates back to these types of festivals. Now, the 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 I think I'm trying to remember which pope it was that had essentially uh, tried to 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 change these locals and their customs. They were unsuccessful in doing so. Like they tried to replace it with their own holidays. It didn't work. They tried moving the date of the holiday to November. That also didn't work. But then finally, they were able to uh, essentially uh, win over. In the long term, because the, the the celebration is still is still kind of pseudo Christian now. If you go to Mexico, for instance, they still practice the Day of the Dead, mm. right? Uh, La Dias de la Muerte, I believe it's called, um, and and it's still very much very very similar to its ancient roots. But obviously, there's going to be the Christian element that introduced, you know, sort of like oh, we're we're honoring the the saints uh, and and the souls because that's the Catholic. Uh, 
element of it, the, the Catholic Church, which bringing back to the evangelicals, the reason why they think that Halloween is evil is that because it is a date set by the Catholic Church to honor the saints and souls to make everyone forget that it used to be a Mayan celebration of death, even though also All Saints and All, All Souls Day has its also a root in another death celebration it's... of ancient Rome. They uh, they take all the good holidays. They and, really and, do, and, and try to rebrand them. So no big surprise that it's a mishmash of several different several different cultures that have been run over and been basically converted to this weird pseudo religious thing. But it's not a death cult. Mm. Not a death cult. <laughs> but this whole thing just kind of reminds me that the reason I think Halloween still persists. I mean, it may not persist as in the trick or treat, give out candy part. All right, that may end. Maybe it will, but. Uh, the one thing that will never end is I think we'll always have a day in which we will take the macabre the, and, and, and kind of make it acceptable, you know, where we, we're not afraid of death in a sense uh, on Halloween. You know, we're, we're, not af we're not afraid of what we typically are afraid of. It's kind of a night where we, 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 we turn it into something that we involve like kids, you know, it's sort of like spooky haunted houses and things like that. We, we kind of like tantalize ourselves with little bits of, you know, well, fright it's... here and there. But it, I think, I think it is a celebration of, uh, you know, uh, of death in the right way. I think, Yeah, I mean, maybe the reason why, you know, less people are giving out candy and everything else like that is we, that aspect of it, the, the going out trick or treating is kind of a throwback to the way it used to be done back in the day. Well, now our generations and future generations have made Halloween to be a more of an adult, uh, hedonistic Halloween than what it used to be. I don't know how it used to be back in the day. I imagine in the seventies, you had some pretty slamming Halloween parties, but Definitely now. Maybe it's because I'm not a kid anymore. Maybe I'm just so removed from all that. But I don't that agree. I don't, I don't agree with your hedonistic um, uh, idea because you know what? When you look at statistically the drinking rates and 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 deaths due to car accidents and things like that on Halloween has gone down. We've become more reasonable, more adult, less debaucherous. In fact, Halloween's getting safer. Hmm. Um, so I think I think it's just a day uh, for people to kind of. Uh, right now, at least, maybe to, to shed their their normal exteriors and maybe take on a persona, like a Jean-Luc Picard persona for a day, and to say, I'm just Jean-Luc for the day, and I'm just going to be pretend that I'm going to do it, even though I didn't speak the entire day with an English accent. I said, fuck Yeah, it. I don't think you said make it so once. I just felt like uh, inappropriate, like mm. cheesy, like I was just trying too hard, like I needed to make everyone know. That I was Captain John Picard. They should have just known, man, because I was rocking it, because I was bringing it. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Um, okay, the last thing I want to talk about uh, is a headline that I read. This is in the UK. There was a study that's being conduct, uh, conducted, essentially about teachers uh, and and their responses to gay bullying. And one of the early uh, findings of the report says that uh, most teachers, or at least to some of the teachers, are telling children who are, uh, or teenagers who are victim of gay bullying, that they need to act less gay. This is their advice. This has been classically their advice. And it, it, and it goes to show that there's absolutely, not only is there no training, but there's no interest in anyone's part to actually try to deal with this issue. They were like, 
if I have an opinion about it, I'll be exposed as uh, a bigot. So this is an easy way for me to be out. I'll just say, could you act less gay and then you won't be bothered? Well, you got to understand on, the, on, a, on a larger scale what gay bullying is. Uh, it basically comes down to this. Society is trying to push you in line, trying to get you to stop sticking out and start being the norm. And that's the way a lot of bullying goes whether or not it be about homosexuality. I mean, there's a lot of people who aren't gay who do stuff that, that wouldn't be considered gay at all, but still, of course, they'll be bullied and made fun of and called gay for doing something because it's some, it, it's not considered something that their gender should do or somebody the, who is like that person should be doing. All it is is a constant, that constant societal pressure to stop doing things quote-unquote the wrong way and that happens across the spectrum it's why I get so fucking angry every time you walk past the television and I'm watching something that you don't approve of and you make a snide remark about it because that's your attempt to put societal pressure on me and my choices for what I want it's around us all the time society inundates us with these pressures from everybody and anytime uh, you have friends Making fun of you, I'm not even talking about bullying now, but just making fun of you or anything else like that, it just comes down to the idea of this is how societal memes kind of come across as to how what's 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 proper behavior and what's not. And it's extremely strong in school because kids are just brutal like that. And it's I think it's part of the whole design. I think kids are horrible with each other as they try to inundate each other with these societal messages about how you should or shouldn't act and that's basically where all that comes from well here you have a whole mess of uh, confused individuals with uh, not fully developed brains who uh, you know like who behave who behave in ways in which later on they will regret I mean, there are plenty of things when I look back, and I, you know, I, I, I remember a few instances of my own form of bullying. Oh, my really? bullying is not like going around and beating you up. My bullying was say something that makes you cry, mm. and I was a bully. So, I mean, I regret that, but it was it felt for me less as less of a way for me to try and force my view upon things, and more of a way of gaining societal. Uh, you know, uh, stature or, or 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 just power in in mm. in your dynamic, and I think that that's part of where bullying comes from as well. And, and I mean, it is a complex issue that we're everyone's all uh, trying to figure out what's the best way to deal with it because we recognize that kids are being really fucking shitty with each other, but mm. we also recognize the fact that we can't have a police state trying to dictate how, how how kids are supposed to behave. We can't put all of the pressure on teachers, but at the same time we recognize that parents have less of a role in raising their kids than say the society or the 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 the, the environment they grow up around. Mm-hmm. So if there is a kind of systemic thing that makes kids act inappropriately or, or, or more violently towards one another what am I to do? What can I do when that problem is systemic, right? Yeah. What's What's the better answer than, uh, you know, kids are mocking that boy for wearing a pink shirt, and the teacher's like, well, just don't wear that shirt. It's like, well, yeah, that'll work, but then the next day, uh, you know, the kid will have, I don't know, pink fucking shoelaces, and that'll be the issue. And it basically goes on and on until that kid is hammered into whatever role the kids think he should fit into so as to be, uh, so as to avoid that terrible treatment it's not the right answer at all unfortunately we haven't teachers no longer have that power 
to just be able to to stop kids from doing stuff. The I mean, even I, I don't know if I don't know if it's even necessary. Look, we always take our, we always take this attitude that what are we supposed to do with the current problem we have, right? Like, how do we take out all these fires? How do I make a kid who's treating another kid like shit stop? Well, again, when I when we said that the problem was systemic, the solution is not to go around and say, "Well, now I'm going to have a talk with this kid and we're going to work uh, this this out." There may be lots of children out there who are just fucking hopeless. They will grow up to be shitty adults who will join groups that will try to fight uh, gays from having uh, the legal right to marry, okay? They're set down that path. There's not much you can fucking do about it. But it, it does make me think that maybe the problem we're having is is we're failing to understand that maybe part of teaching is uh, allowing these in, these individuals to really grow into their roles as adults and part of how you grow in your role as adults is being able to finally understand and empathize with someone properly like uh, there was a story that Jeff was telling me about a teacher who was trying to explain gay bullying with a very very simple metaphor he takes a piece of paper he crumples it up and he gives it to a student and he says try to make that paper like normal again like as if nothing had happened and it and you can try but you'll never get all those wrinkles out and he's like that's what it's like and that's what damage the, the damage is like from bullying it's 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 sort of like all those little wrinkles that you can't fucking work out and i think that with a really simple metaphor like that it actually allows kids to probably <coughs> empathize a little bit better than they normally would i mean how are how are children really actually empathizing with others uh, how are they learning, uh, you know, to to to, to feel um, in regards to to pain and suffering? Like I, I feel to some degree, we actually have a society in which we discourage people from actually uh, having that empathy. Like we we avoid suffering, we we look away when a person's in trouble, we ignore someone who's crying. We but in doing so, I think we ignore a lot of opportunities that we have to become much more em empathetic, That's much true. much much more evolved human beings. There was that weird 40 year old guy crying outside our grocery store yesterday and we didn't stop to we help. said nothing nope i had a lot of thoughts going on in my head actually when that was going on um and the first one was that we actually are very close to a mental institution here and that's my biggest fear like close enough that when you're driving down champlain boulevard mm. they say they'd not pick up any hitchhikers there's a few special cases. Right? Yeah, our, our whole area is a dry is a dry area. There's no bars allowed in our, our region because not for the mentally the... insane. No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think I think going back to what I was trying to say before. I mean, I I guess it's just it seems as though we have this idea that teaching someone a thing is uh, sitting them down, opening up a book, and said, "Wow, you just learned a date of a history uh, of a moment in history, and now you're educated." No. That's that's definitely not how we make better citizens. Because if that was true, then, uh, you know, we, we well, if it to, for it to be true, we'd have to be robots. We are not robots. We need to be, well, okay, I'll take it back. We 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 are biological robots, but we need to be programmed with compassion. And you you can't you can't learn those things. I think at least in the, the the current way that we have our 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 system designed, we seem to believe that bullying is a rite of passage, and uh, that that. That it's okay. I think that's still generally how people feel. Yeah, well, the, I think a lot of people have have this opinion that uh, that you know bullying exists in the in the real world, and so it's going to exist in this system. But uh, they don't often realize that if you're that one kid that the thirty kids in in your class hates, that's that's an oppressive amount of hatred and bullying to have to go through. And uh, 
once it becomes syst uh, systematic, God, it's uh, it's no surprise that the teen suicide rates are not doing their best. Imagine if you had. I'm not going to suggest this is the best way to teach, but imagine if you had if you're doing exercising, which for a day each and and for like 30 days, each one of those students in that class was the one being bullied. You had one day where you were the one that was the target of fucking bullying, and then it would just be somebody else. It's like, you get to experience what it's like for people to shit on you. Well, that sounds like a thought experiment that would go horribly wrong. Maybe. Probably <laughs> wrong. It would be, be like one of those Milgram experiments. Exactly. Like just, just the worst of, of humanity would come out. But I'm, I'm not – like I said, I didn't suggest that, that was the solution. I just wonder – like I think that a lot of people who are themselves um, bullies, like when I was a bully, it's just merely because I lacked – I lacked the empathy to understand what I was doing. That's all. Uh, I, it wasn't out of cruelty. It's just that I was an ignorant kid who didn't know the consequences of my actions. I wouldn't say that I was a bully, but I, I was definitely a dick, like a dick kid. And I was that way because when was. I was in, when I, <laughs> when I was elementary through high school, I was, a, I was in the popular group. And then I moved to a completely new city, and I spent two years hanging out with the weirdos and the outcasts. And those those two years where every day on the bus, kids would try to spit on me and fuck with me and stuff like that, taught me a lot about being on that bottom rung, and it made me into the person that I am today. So in that way, bullying was very defining and positive for me because I managed to bust out of that shell and kick some of the bullies' asses you know along what? the way. I, and I can testify that I, I think that Ryan would just be a better person if that never happened. What if the bullying had never happened? No, you don't want to know. Like as I said, you, I was of course, a dick. but yeah, but you don't know, right? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Maybe you would actually be less dysfunctional now. No, I don't think so. No, no. All the spitting. Again, you're part of that group who thinks that maybe it's a necessary part of life. I think everybody goes through it to one degree or another. But I mean, again. When you're talking about, all, especially in the states, when it comes to this gay thing, I mean, you were talking about how are you supposed to become a good citizen uh, if, if you're going to the, like, there's a debate about what being a good person, what a good citizen is all about, what civics should be, what what values should be taught, and a lot of these people, I mean, in Tennessee, the don't say gay law, they don't want they don't want to teach kids that being a homosexual is an acceptable choice, and when that's the systematic decision from higher ups. How do you think that affects the way that children behave? I mean, you you basically got uh, it just opens up all sorts of dangerous doors. It's the war of ideas, my friend. And so long as it stays relatively peaceful, then we'll continue to wage it with funny words. Well, there there's a video up there of some kid in high school waiting for another for a gay kid to show up and then just beating the fuck out of him in class kid got like three days suspension or something like that it was a hate crime i'm sure people listening to this podcast might have seen it it made their blood boil it made my blood boil i did not see that it's uh i mean what what we consider it's like even what i considered bullying which was pretty miserable for me at the time i mean what some kids have to go through i don't know i had i my you know my blood was boiling from you today it was this uh, news story of a girl in Basra who was murder uh, honor killed by her uh, her father for having had the audacity of falling in love like puppy love with a British soldier and having shared that information with her sister and so they him and his uh, son strangled her buried her in a shallow grave and that was it that boiled my motherfucking blood especially when he's like I wish I would have killed her sooner had I known oh good yeah 
Because who wants to know a wonderful human being uh, who just had a puppy love See, on, 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 a, on a soldier? You know why she loved that soldier, too? Because he, he had said some nice things to her. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the bit of nicety she ever received from a man, she would fall in love and then she died for the the crime of having that. And and what were his worst? like she, you can't be a good Muslim unless you do this type of thing. And then I'm told that it's not a religious practice. Like it certainly sounds like they've taken it over. Well, I mean, it's uh, it's like we were saying before. It's hard to teach civics when different places have a different idea about what being a good citizen means. Yep. We still got a long road ahead of us, folks. Long road ahead of us. Uh, but you know what? In the meantime. I guess you can enjoy quality podcasts at a reasonable price. Yeah, lots of bitching about how fucked up everything is. Yeah, that's pretty much our stock and trade. So if you're a fan of the show and you want the backlog to all of our episodes, I mean, how many backlog? It's just massive now. Uh, then become a member. It's $20 a year. Uh, just go to the site, thegoodatheist.net, sign up. This is going to help us because, guys, I'm now working on the next version of The Good Atheist, but we really, I, I really do need you guys to support... Uh, this operation. It's going to cost some money. I'm going to try to get some of that, but you understand that I have no assets and not a lot of wealth, and doing this thing's kind of dra drained my funds. So your help would be appreciated to get the new site rolling. I'm still working on the design. As soon as the design is finished, I'm going to show you guys, and I'm going to bid out my hat and say, those of you who want to really help out, help out hard in this one, because this is going to be it. This is going to be the integration of forums, the inclusion of, of achievement and points, so everybody who's a free member who wants to get like bonus member stuff, all you're gonna do is uh, rack up points that you're gonna be able to get from posting comments and retweeting stuff, and you're gonna be able to get shows that way. So that's gonna happen, and uh, and my my goal, although I don't know if I can do this, it depends on how much money, how long it takes to get the money. My goal would be to try to get the the beta uh, up and running by at least December, so that people can try to uh, try it, and by next year have it uh, up and running, live version, and good to go. I mean, I'd love to say January 1st, but that's probably not going to happen, you know, with Christmas and all that wackiness. But definitely 2012, the end of the world is when Good Atheist is going to happen. We're finally going to hit our stride right when, right, right when the end happens. What a shame. What a shame. And, you know, that's, uh, that's also part of the redesign is also I want to start focusing on a couple other things, um, uh, one of them being videos. So that's going to that's going to mean a couple of changes but I'm going to I'm, I'm going to announce all of those as time goes on. First things first obviously is changing up the site uh design and I know you guys are going to fucking love it especially all, like I said uh all the achievements you guys are going to have. They're going to be obviously good atheist like uh achievements. Uh so anything that's hilarious and awesome and funny we're going to definitely try to do. And we want people to go there and just uh, pretty much stay there because they're having a good time having discussions. How many fucking fun and interesting people are on the site already and don't have a place to talk. It's pathetic. It's time to make it happen. And we have definitely have enough members too, and uh, it's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So remember, if you want to support that fucking project, go to goodatheist.net, become a member. Your membership fucking counts, folks. We are living on dreams here. Living on motherfucking dreams. Okay, with that, my name is Jacob Forte. And I'm Ryan Harkness. Have a good atheist day, everybody.